You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode in the First and Ten podcast. Brought to you by Blog and the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to bring you all the latest Cowboys news. Uh, Aiden, it's the first week of training camp, man. I- I'm pretty pumped to talk about some real film, some real things that we get to see and evaluate. So before we get into it, how are you doing? I'm doing well. And Tony, I have to apologize. Unlike the Dallas Cowboys teammates, I, I didn't get you a happy birthday Tony shirt, which... <laughs> For all our listeners, you do share a birthday with Dak, correct? Yes, yes, me and Dak. I'm two years older than him, which is kind of crazy to think about. But <laughs> how was the birthday? It was awesome, man. I had some family over, and my wife threw me a little, well, not a little party. We got after it a little bit, so it was a good time. <laughs> and uh, nah, yeah, I, you know, you get older, they, they, you kind of want them to stop coming, but nah, it was good to, you know, to have some fun. So I appreciated it. Yeah, then the happy birthday, Dak shirts that. That Very was cool. cool to see. Very yeah, cool. Tech. Yeah, I mean, what is it? The cake last year, the birthday shirts this year. I they take care two of years. Them. Two years ago, we got to see Zeke wrap a present on yes. Hard Knocks, which you know this wasn't something we planned to talk about. But in my doomsday scenario, if Zeke signs with the Patriots, that's like the worst case scenario for me. I you know as you we record this, it's Sunday night, so it hasn't happened yet. If you come on Monday morning, you're listening to this, and he's signed. I just know I'm going to be upset by that for a multitude of personal reasons. Do we? Isn't the Patriots are the favorite, right? As of now, I guess everything I've seen because I do have a lot of friends in the Boston media market. I think Zeke Elliott's still in Boston right now, as it's like they they haven't like had him leave yet, and I know the Seahawks are banged up with some running backs. So I think from everything I've saw is the Patriots are trying to make him not leave. They actually want him. Because I, I, if he leaves, he'll probably end up being a Seahawk, to be honest with you. I'm trying to look it up. It doesn't, first of all, it doesn't seem like bookmakers are that concerned with where Zeke signs. It's kind of hard to find the odds, but <laughs> I it's looking well, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how reliable this is, but Chargers are plus 300, Bills are plus 400, Chiefs are plus 500. But the Patriots are on here, which makes me think yeah. that, yeah, this is probably old. Out of well, it's actually, I can tell you this because you probably know what I'm talking about. You were just in Boston a couple of weeks ago. They went out to eat him and Mac Jones at in like the seaport. So by the by the harbor. I you know. I got a dinner at the seaport. In, yeah. In so you and Zeke, not yeah. all that different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but like, like, so for the people that don't know this, and there are some people that I think if you listen, you know this. I named my dog Zeke. Okay. So my dog is named after Zeke Elliott. He's no longer a cowboy, but you know, I can't change the name. I'm in too deep now. I've had to defend Ezekiel Elliott to all my Patriot friends that, you know, in Massachusetts for the last seven, eight years. So if he ends up being a Patriot, I'm going to have to hear them talk about him in a positive light. And I'm going to be like, I'm going to pull out receipts of all the times you guys were talking bad about him. And I had to defend him. So I don't want to go in that situation right now. 
real quick, and I, we don't need to spend that much time on this because it's old news at this point, but I don't think I know where you stand. Do you want Zeke on the Cowboys? No, 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 I'm good. I'm all set. Like, if, 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 you know, Malik gets hurt, Rico gets hurt, like, I'm down to like bring him back if somebody's hurt and, you know, he, he could be a complimentary role, but I'm not sweating him being a Cowboy. I just, Anywhere but the Patriots for very personal reasons. That's the only thing that I'm saying. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't have as as much hatred. Like, I don't care if he sides with the Patriots. Yeah. I'm just anti-Cowboys. Like, we give <laughs> give the young guys a shot, please. Yeah, and that's what yeah. they're doing. I think he understands that. And I, yeah. I actually saw the picture. I don't know if you'll be able to see it, but like him and Mac Jones were sitting on like the same side of the booth. They kind of look like they're staring off into the abyss, not really talking to each <laughs> other. So I wonder, because... Dak's his best friend, so I honestly wonder if he's like, man, I wish I could just be back in Dallas right now. If you're trying to recruit Zeke, Mac Jones might be the worst oh possible God. player to do yeah. that with. It's yeah. like <laughs> him and Kirk Cousins. It's like up there with yeah. like, they're, yeah, they're, they, him and Zeke. It's are like the monotone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, what do you do for fun? You know. So <laughs> no, yeah, it's you know. But speaking of fun. This is going to be a fun episode. We get to talk about training camp. We get to talk about the Cowboys action on the field. And we have a very special guest with us, Kyle Humans of the DallasCowboys.com. He's going to be joining us. We're going to bounce off some questions, get some inside information from boots on the ground here. So very excited to talk about that. Um, before we kind of dive into that, this we're going to get into our first segment here. And let's just talk about the training camp as a whole here. I know this is kind of a very broad question, but I'll throw it to you, Aiden. Um, what has stood out to you about the first week at camp? Is there a camp battle? Is there a, a a way they're using somebody? What is it that stood out to you? Yeah, the main thing that's standing out to me is the wide receiver four battle seems to be the battle to watch. It's yes. like we're hearing like there were points in the week where Cavante Turpin was reportedly looking great. There, We've seen some pretty like that deep ball to Jalen Tolbert. I don't know if our viewers have seen the clip, but Jalen Tolbert has to have this pretty impressive body control to come back, make the catch fall in the end zone. So Jalen Tolbert's looking good. And then you're hearing some news about, uh, Mariano Campo is like a guy that could conceivably make this roster, this wide receiver battle. It's looking, it's intense and it's actually positive because what we're hearing is that all the receivers are looking good. It's not like last year's wide receiver three battle where, Oh no, we're going to have to throw one of these guys on the field. I totally agree. I think the the Jalen Tolbert situation has been fun to watch because we've seen last year where when he was struggling, people weren't afraid to say that, which is very fair. When you when you're play for a polarizing team like this, it's all open, open season for your your pros, your cons, everything. So for to hear that the people that are covering the team say how well he's doing and how prepared and he just looks night and day different from year one to year two is really encouraging. And then what's surprising, and I know people that have been paying attention, no, Kevante Turpin was only at practice on Saturday, one day this week, and he came out there and he looked like the Energizer Bunny. I mean, he, his routes, the way he was running, he looked fast. I think people forgot just how quick he is. And I know everybody got on the Deuce Vaughn train, but there's going to be some things that Cavante Turpin can do on this team that's going to keep him on the roster, in my opinion. And I think he's the guy that we're not talking about enough at wide receiver for, and it's very premature. But uh, I think people like what they're seeing from him so far. Yeah, agreed. Congratulations to Coach. Kevante Turpin for becoming a father, right? This was, his was first his, child? I think it was second, second. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Kevante for another child. But yeah, you're right. This is what we're seeing, what we're hearing and seeing from Kevante Turpin is it like he has a shot to be more than just a gadget player at this point. Yes. I mean, maybe the, there's the reality still exists where he's he's 
mostly a gadget player and isn't used outside of that. But from what we're seeing on the field, he's looking like an actual slot guy, an actual guy who's going to be running routes, making catches. That's exciting because I if if he has a skill set to plant his foot, make routes against NFL defenders with paired with that speed. I mean, that's that's it could be a that's a huge weapon for Dak to have. I totally agree. I was I actually put this tweet out and I think we were talking to Danny Phantom and, you know, he was like, we haven't really seen the best of Vontae Turpin yet. And I totally agree. I mean, for people that forget, I know we talk about how he was in the USFL last year and you jump right to the Cowboys. But people forget, like, what that road looked like. Played in, like, 13 games, you know, played a full season already, didn't have mini camp, didn't have OTAs, didn't have a training camp. Like, he came in, like, three days late or four days into training camp. Really just got on it and just got on with his, like, God-given ability. Now he's had a fresh offseason. He's been able to get and work and actually have a productive offseason. So I think the best is yet to come for Gavante Turpin, whatever that may look like. I mean, he may never be C.D. Lamb. He may never be Brandon Cooks. But I think we're about to see the best he got to offer, and that's exciting at this time. Yeah, and if, I mean, you can extend that even further. Like, before the USFL, he he played, a like, it was... Like within the span of like two years, it was like he was in the Canadian Football League, European Football League, Arena Football League, yeah. USFL. I don't know if all those are actually right, but he bounced around a bunch of different leagues, playing everywhere, everywhere he could literally get on the field is where Cavante Turpa was. So yeah, you're totally right. I will say an if we're if we want to go negative here, my negative takeaway from camp, the offensive line, granted. They don't have pads on, so it's really tough to evaluate an offensive line without pads where they can get a hold of the defenders via pads. But it's it's the reports haven't been pretty in terms of how the offensive line's been doing in this early portion. Yeah, it's well, you know, I, I I'm not taking too much stock in it, right? You you can you can look at it and say, okay, you know, it is there's been some struggles or whatever the case may be, or you can say like this is athletic defensive linemen with no pads on, kind of just using, you know, their strength and their speed to kind of get around and stuff. But I'm encouraged by the fact of some decisions for the Cowboys to say, hey, we're gonna put Terrence Steele, um, you know, Terrence Steele being healthy, but if we're gonna have Tyler Smith the left guard and that's where he's gonna be and that's where he's worked exclusively, I think that's the right and smart move. As long as Tyron Smith is healthy. No reason to mess around with Tyler Smith there on the left side. Um, I thought it was intriguing, though. Like, Josh Ball, this, like, Josh Ball yep. thing is, like, real. You know what I mean? Like, it's Matt it's Matt Farniak, it's Matt Willetsko, and then Josh Ball. So, it's I, I guess we got to get used to that. So, and, Tony, I'm going to be asking you this. We heard Zach Martin, it seems like, is nowhere closer to returning to camp than he was at this point last week, correct? Am I? Yeah, I mean, it even... I feels like Jerry Jones even doubled down when yeah. he's like, listen, the contract is what it is. We have to pay Micah Parsons. And he's probably just playing some hardball, but it doesn't sound like two people that are really close to coming to a deal there. I will say in terms of the Zach Martin situation, a I'm pretty like, I'm still at like a 98 to 99% confidence level that he's going to be on the field by week one. He's a veteran. He really doesn't care about training camp. Why? Why? Like, this was yeah. this happens with a lot of veterans where they're they're finding ways to get out of training camp because they've been doing it for 10, 12, 14 yeah. years. I don't but it's actually like I am encouraged by the fact that we're getting to see other people working in the offensive line. Like you mentioned, Josh Ball. That's I, it's been cool to see. We're getting yeah. to see what this which a very real possibility that if Tyron Smith gets hurt, you kick Tyler Smith out, you're gonna be dealing with 
you're having to shuffle at the guard position. This is a great opportunity to experiment with that. Who can play guard? Who can fill in when that seemingly inevitable Tyron injury happens? Yeah, it's it's been fun to kind of see the mix in the match because I think there's a lot of relative unknown when it comes to the offensive line. Like we said, with Josh Ball even being in the mix, I didn't. That's not somebody that I would have figured. You know, Chuma Adoga, which looks like he's got some. He they really focused in him on tackle. Haven't really heard much about the other guys like Awesome Richards or anything like that. But you feel like we had talked about it. We feel like we know who. Like I said last week, I I know who seven. But it feels like we almost got like the eight or nine, like barring injury or something crazy. Like it feels like we're narrowing down who like the that group's going to look like this early in camp because we're, those are the ones we're talking about. Those are the guys getting the first crack. Matt Farniak and Josh Ball and Matt, well, let's go. These are the guys mixing in with the starters that you're like, all right. So I think we have an understanding of who is involved in this situation. I agree with that. But I will say if if we get to like when final the final 53 does come out and like it wouldn't surprise me outside of the five starters it wouldn't surprise me if anybody else got cut like if matt well let's go gets cut i'm i'm not going to be surprised josh like even this josh ball news if he gets cut like i'm not going to be super surprised about that i i just can't find a name outside of the five starters that if it came out that oh he's cut like oh well it was interesting because he had a training camp a good training camp but i i get it yeah i mean like i said i got my seven that I'm, i would be shocked and I, you mentioned a couple of guys that'd be pretty surprised but you know there's a lot of training camp left there's a lot to be sorted out here so go ahead so who are your other two other than the five starters it'd be farniak and, and matt well let's go is my who i think are virtual locks in my opinion okay i mean i i i if I were to name front runners, those would be the two front runners. But yeah. I think specifically, I don't know. I mean, those seven. It's right? tough. Yeah, I, I, we had talked about it last week. I, we we talk about they dress seven on game day. Um, yep. So then, f- the if they're gonna keep nine, possibly ten, I got two already figured out for seven. And awesome Richards eight, Chuma Doga nine, and then and then what? Josh Ball ten. I mean, that's. That's kind of who but I feel like. Are you raising? Are you raising Josh Ball up now? See, uh, given this I'm week, I'm not. I'm. It's not something that I had planned. I'm. But <laughs> it, it just reading through the tea leaves, and you and you take if they're gonna, you know, give it to you. I'm gonna listen. You know what I mean? It feels like Josh Ball is heavily in that mix. See, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you at all. And I, like I said, I do think that well, that's going far. Niak are the two names at the top of my list. But like, if it if Josh Ball's on that list, and the name like Farniak is left out, like. It's not like it would blow me away is my point. Like, I'd be surprised, but I yeah. wouldn't be, like, shocked. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I mean, like I said, it's fair. And you know what? Um, you know, this is a teaser. This is a professional teaser. We're going to have Kyle Humans on here in the next minute or so. And uh, we'll be able to ask him some questions, see what he's seeing and see what he's hearing here. Because I have a feeling that we don't disagree on much, Aiden. We're pretty on lockstep here. But I'm pretty confident some of these guys, you have a little more reservation on it. And that's fair. And I love that because... If we aren't here saying that we agree with everything with each other, it's probably not as fun. So <laughs> so what we're going to do is here, we're going to pass it over and get Kyle Humans to join the show here and uh, in a second. And we'll ask all these questions that I know that you're wanting to hear and I know I want to hear too. So let's get that going here in a second. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody. Like like I promised, good Kyle Yeomans here from DallasCowboys.com to join us. He's boots on the ground in Oxnard, California. So uh, before we get started, Kyle, how are you doing out in that California weather? Man, you know, it's it's fantastic. I'm trying my best to get used to it and then also not get used to it at the same time because I know when we get back to Texas for the first week of the preseason, that thing is going to get hot and steamy. I mean, I know I know how it is. I'm a native Texan, so getting out here to to California is great. It's a nice little break, but it's it's uh it's only the beginning to to a great football season, hopefully. Yeah, you know, it's uh, you it's almost like a tease, right? You're there for a few weeks, and then you get home, and you're like, "Oh my god, I forgot that uh, we live in an oven." Yeah, yeah, it's like a, walking into a hair dryer. I mean, that's what it really feels like. The wind, yeah. and it's just hot and humid. Yeah, it's never fun. So I, I feel for everybody that's down there in the Lone Star State. Well, Kyle, we'll get to some Cowboys questions, but I do I need to ask because I know you're a Rangers guy. Yep, I, I I'm assuming a lot of our listeners are Rangers fans as well. Is this a World Series team? Man, given the they, recent activity, they, they can't score some runs uh, at the moment. I mean, they're a little banged up, but you look at it top to bottom. I mean, this is a team that has the pieces, and and hopefully, Evaldi's back off of the IL after a couple days, and uh, he can get back to throwing the way that he was. Martin Perez has been great. Dane Dunning has been a great surprise this year, and then you add Scherzer and a couple other arms to the rotation. Uh, I, I think that does help things out uh, tremendously. Uraldis Chapman has been great. Uh, it's just fun as a Rangers fan to see them going for it again, see them making a push, because even if you get in the tournament, things can happen. And so uh, they're setting themselves up for success. They got to get back to scoring some runs. Hopefully Jonah Himes out uh, for a limited time and not for a long time. And then uh, get everybody back and healthy for the postseason push. As long as you stay pace with the Astros, I feel pretty good about it because then you're at least in the wild card conversation. If you don't win the division, I would love to win the division. That would be great. But yeah, let's get, let's keep this thing rolling. Cause it's been fun all year. Listen, what's fun not to be fun? a Rangers fan again. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's fun is, uh, is uh, me being a Red Sox fan. I get to hear like Nathan Avaldi and Re- Rangers doing well. <laughs> listen, yeah. <laughs> listen, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, you've won some world <laughs> series. I, I yeah. want one. Finally, I, I want to get a World Series. So that's that's where I'm at. I, I told I told Aiden this before. I would trade all of the Red Sox championships I've ever seen for just one Cowboys one. Like yeah. wh- while I was in of conscious mind, because I'm I'm I just turned 32 yesterday and I've only I mean I've seen the Super Bowls, but like I wasn't even like a like alive mentally to yeah. even process it. So I would trade all the like the 04 Red Sox for like a, a, a Super Bowl title. And you know, I don't think I'm the only one in that in that sentiment. 
Yeah, I think I would trade all the Rangers titles for a Cowboys title. <laughs> that sounds good. I think I'll make it work. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> we'll move right on here because I'm getting depressed a little bit with the Red Sox and uh, baseball talk. So, <laughs> but all right, let's get you in. You're, like you said, your boots on ground, DallasCowboys.com has, you know, the best coverage. I tweeted it out last week. Um, Cowboys are, are spoiled when it comes to like the people that cover the team, guys like yourself. Like, we just really have an embarrassment of riches. So, I wanted to ask you first off. There's obviously been a lot of talk about McCarthy being the new play caller, but what have you seen from this offense that looks different or maybe what has caught your eye so far? Yeah, I think, and, and first off, I appreciate the, the kind words, but yeah, I think so far this year, it's it's been, it's tough to tell immediately because they haven't had pads on your, your three practices in, uh, but it looks like there's some depth to this, this skill set and the playmakers. And you feel like you go back to San Francisco last year, and this was a team that struggled to find playmakers when they needed it most in, in the divisional round. They certainly have them on the roster. I mean, Michael Gallup is a, is a playmaker, even though he was banged up all year last year. Now you add Brandon Cooks to, to C.D. Lamb. Those are two bona fide playmakers. And you hope this young stable of tight ends and some of these young receivers can step up. And it certainly looks like so far Jalen Tolbert's off to a blistering start. He has been very impressive through the first three practices. But it's all taken with a grain of salt at the moment because you you haven't had the physicality. You haven't had to go up against corners that are going to press you, that are going to jam you at the line of scrimmage and really try and make things tough. I mean, everybody basically has to stay off of each other, so there's going to be naturally more separation, which is a, an advantage to the offense. So I, I like what I've seen. I think the safety group has shined uh, over the top, and, and even Mike McCarthy talked about it a little bit a little facetiously at the, at the podium saying, man, as a head coach, I love it. But as a, as a play caller, I don't, I don't know if I love it so much. And so uh, they're trying their best to, to allow these, these weapons uh, to, to have the football in space and they're keeping things short. They're keeping things underneath. And then they're allowing whenever the safeties will step up to try the deep ball. So uh, it's that balance that we've been looking for, but it's still so early on to really be able to tell a difference. Yeah, and because it's early and you mentioned no pads, it's tough to tell for positions like running back, but it do you do we have a sense about like after Pollard, I think most fans, at least those that are around the team, we don't really know how this running back room is gonna shake out. Are we getting a sense? Do we have one yet about who's impressed in the early days of camp? Yeah, I think the number two guy right now is Malik Davis. He's seen the majority of the the snaps behind Tony Pollard, and and he's really the he's the one of the more experienced guys in terms of reps. Uh, he, you saw it toward the back end of last year when both Zeke and and Pollard were a little banged up. Malik Davis was the one they called upon, and and he's he's been impressive since he stepped foot on the field last year in training camp and coming out of Florida as kind of the number two back. I mean, he was the starter at Florida, but Damian Pierce, uh, who of course ended up with Houston, he kind of took over the, the, the draft talk and the draft hub and, and, and buzz around the running back position. Well, Malik Davis was a, a little under, uh, under the radar. So I think right now it's Davis and then it's a wide open competition to be that third name on the roster. I would be shocked if they don't carry three running backs just because of the, the rotational element of it. Uh, I think right now it's Pollard and Davis plus one more, and that's either Ronald Jones, Rico Dowdle, or uh, of course, draft pick Deuce Vaughn. And I think uh, if you're looking for physicality, then 
uh, Ronald Jones is your guy. I mean, he's a he's a wider back. He's somebody that can carry on the short yard situations. He can catch out of the backfield. He'll get you the first down and the, and the goal line touches when you need them. Uh, and, and if you're looking for playmaker ability, I think either Dowdle or Vaughn would be a better option. So it's really interesting early on to see the way that they've split it up. I think it's a wide open competition. Uh, and then especially when we get into those preseason games, that's going to be huge to see those guys uh, go up against contact, go up against real tackling and then see how they can break free. Yeah, you had mentioned earlier just um, it's tough to evaluate really without the pads on. So I asked this question understanding that. But um, early on, specifically speaking about the rookies, who would stand out for you so far? Like who have you saw in this rookie room? You're like, okay, he's flashed a little bit here. I really like what I've seen from Eric Scott Jr. I mean, you you expect for Mozzie to to impress when the pads come on. Same thing with uh, DeMarvian Overshone. I, I really like his effort. I like his tenacity so far with Overshone, but no pads on for a linebacker. You you want to see the pop. Uh, then then you you bring Eric Scott Jr. into the fold, and I just mentioned how the wide receivers are at an advantage against the secondary whenever there isn't any physicality added to the game, and so. Uh, now you turn around and you see Eric Scott Jr. making plays, a couple PBUs, uh, uh, an interception on that first day, even though that did come off of a semi-fehoco drop. Uh, being in the right place at the right time on a couple of occasions really caught the eye of, of a number of players and coaches and media at the same time. So uh, excited to see what he can continue to build on. I've also liked the early uh, early looks we've gotten from John Stevens, and this is a, an undrafted free agent. Uh, that that continues to to make an impact uh, as a tight end. He can go and be as a, a pass catcher as well. So it's really fun to watch uh, when you 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 have a guy that's under the radar. It happened last year with with Peyton Hendershot start to rise up, and then the talk is there, and then his teammates are hyping him up. That's really what it feels like with John Steven. There are a lot of people that that have been very high on him, including tight end coach Linda Wells, and if. Coach Wells is talking good about you. That means you're going in the right direction. You mentioned John Stevens, but one rookie tight end we haven't seen yet, Luke Schoonmaker, obviously. Are we hearing anything about his progression? Is it looking like he's going to be able to make it into at least a couple preseason games? What are What's the update on Schoonmaker? Yeah, it's tough right now. I haven't heard a whole lot of updates, at least a, a concrete one. I, I see him walking around the facility. Uh, he does not have a limp. He does not have a boot on. He's He looks good uh, from uh, at least a shape standpoint. Uh, I, I talked to him really early in camp. I think it was either day two or day three, and I asked him how he's doing. Uh, is he going to be back soon? And he said, I'm ramping up. He said, I'm getting there. So uh, hopefully that's good. Uh, it's still early and that's not an official. Uh, he, I mean, Luke Schoonmaker, of course, he's going to want to get out there. So it's not the doctors telling me that it's 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 really him just trying to to make an impact as a rookie. I know he wants to be out there. You can see it in his eyes. He he hates the fact that he's on the sideline to start. And uh, overall, this is a uh, this is a team that that needs a, a big time tight end force because it is such a tight end room or a, a young tight end room. Yeah, and I know, so kind of staying in the the pass catchers here, and I know it's only been one day, right? I know the Cavante Turpin train is is big after one day, but he seemed to catch a lot of people's eyes. Do you think that he's in that mix at wide receiver four, and do you think they're truly committed to trying to find him an offensive role this year? He's definitely in the mix, uh, no doubt about that. And you saw that yesterday upon his return. I mean, he was in there with Tolbert and Fehoko to, to really see – 
some of those reps and he shared a lot of reps. They, they used him in a couple of areas. They used him in the screen game. They used him in the slot. And and I hope they continue to, to show some versatility there. Cause that was, that was part of the lack of creativity that really knocked Kellen Moore in my eyes last year was the fact that you had Turpin who's so dynamic behind blockers as a, a special teams returner. And yet there was nothing you could find him to do um, on the, on the offensive side of things. So I think they're going to try to to continue to get him involved, and if that's the case, he's in the mix. But if I had to give the edge to somebody in that wide wide receiver four spot, I think it'd be Tolbert at the moment just because of how clean he's been through the first three practices. So, yeah, you seem to speak highly of Tolbert. Obviously, Turpin looks great. Brandon Cooks is a guy we haven't even touched on. What's How does this wide receiver room compare to last year's? Is it or is it is there already a noticeable difference, or is it oh, yeah. early, too early? Okay. No, it's it, it it is early. Don't get me wrong; it is very very early. So so limit the expectations, I guess, from a personal standpoint. But from what we're seeing this year to what we saw last year, it, it is it's night and day. I mean, think about it this way: uh, Jalen Tolbert as a top one hundred pick last year, with Michael Gallup coming off of an injury, he wasn't even at training camp. There was really a need for Tolbert to step up and be the number two wide receiver, the second most intriguing wide receiver last year in camp was Dennis Houston underneath CD lamb. I mean, it that's where the wide receiver position was. And this year, Dennis Houston's probably five, six or seven on that list. Uh, and, and that's not a knock against Dennis Houston. That's more so just a, a compliment to the talent and the depth that's been at the wide receiver position. So I think Tolbert's had a fantastic offseason. I think he's he's made some of the necessary adjustments. Now, all of this is all great and it sounds great, but you got to prove it whenever the lights come on. He's going to have to have a good preseason. He's going to have to be in the right place at the right time through those three games. He's going to have to to show out whenever game one comes around and you're on the road against New York and you're you're playing under the bright lights of of primetime football. So he needs to continue that that those reps and continue growing the way that he has. And if he can do so, I think this is. This is a completely different wide receiver room than we've seen in the past and uh, something that I think Cowboys fans could really be excited about. Yeah, real so, quick, you mentioned you, – you, it seems like you have a little bit of a list going. Where does Moreno Cropper fall on that list? Ooh, or is, it, he, is that just way good, too early? He's had a good camp. I probably – Man, if I'm ranking guys through the first three practices, so keep this with a grain or take it again with a grain of salt. It would be Lamb, Cooks, Tolbert, Gallup, Ooh. and that's not that's nothing that's nothing against Gallup, but they've they've been slowly working him back into the fold, and I think Tolbert's had a better camp. So I'd say Tolbert, Gallup. That's not on the depth chart. This is how they've looked in yeah. camp. Yeah. Then yeah. after that, I'd say. Moreno Cropper. So what would that be? Five? Yeah. Turpin yeah. would be six for now, just because he's just now getting back in, but he had a good first practice. And then I would say after that, it's uh I'd say after that it would be Dennis Houston. And and so the, you've got seven guys, or I guess sorry, Fajoko, then Dennis Houston. Mm. Fajoko's had a, a solid camp too, but he's just had a couple drops uh that that have knocked him. Same thing with Moreno Cropper. I think if Moreno Cropper would have held on to the football twice, he's had two drops that I've seen. Then all of a sudden, I think he's either four or five on that list. That's, wow. I mean, it's pretty, like I said, you didn't say like, you know, wide receivers, this is the depth chart. Just to hear Not the depth that, chart. Yeah. To hear Tolbert 
that's such an encouraging thing to hear. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just him above Michael Gallup. You just everyone here was so excited when he got picked. It, it just felt like, you know, for a year one to go the way it went, nobody here. And I know he didn't think it was going to go that way. So if he can come on, explode the, on the scene, win the wide receiver four job, that's just big for the team. And I know it's big for his mental as well. Yeah, I, and I don't want people to look at it like as a half a, a glass half empty because you can look at it as a glass half full. Tolbert's doing what he needs to do, but you're saying, "Oh gosh, why is Gallup in number four? Like that's terrible. Nah. We're never going to nah, see the nah. same Michael Gallup again." I, I think Gallup's in a different role this year. I mean, he's in a veteran role. He's in a role where he doesn't have to to show out. Whereas Tolbert's coming in with a proving. Uh, he's got to prove himself in order to make the roster. I mean, same thing with Simi Fajoko. And and I think both of those guys have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. So, of course, they're going to show out a little bit more. It, it's not a knock on Gallup and how he's yeah. looked. He's still going to be your number three wide receiver, maybe even a, a 2A, 2B, depending on how Cooks continues to grow into this offense. But just right now, I, I think it's been Tolbert that's had the better camp, and and we'll see if that continues as we go along. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny. We were about eight questions in talking to you here, Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com. And let me be the first person to ask you a quarterback question about Dak Prescott. <laughs> you know, it's it's been long enough. Right. We got to break the break the snap, uh, snap the streak there. But what have you have taken away from the quarterback? You know, what's he been like this camp? What's it kind of look like for QB one right now? Yeah, he looks confident uh, and he looks determined. Uh, anytime I've talked to Dak this camp, it's it's a different it's a different feel. Usually it's like, Hey, it's good to be back. It's good to be an Oxnard. Good to have football back. Let's go out and let's have some fun. Uh, fun doing what you're doing is not a bad thing, but this year it feels like it's a, okay, it's time to get to work. There's a bit of a determination. There's a bit of an edge to, to Dak this year, which I, I do enjoy. Um, and, and yesterday was his best practice. He was sharp. He was sharp on the deep ball. He saw it a couple times. CD lamb had a fantastic grab. Uh, he's hit Tolbert on some deep balls. He's hit, he hit cook on, on a ball cooks on a ball yesterday, uh, that we had on training camp live. That was absolutely incredible. So yeah, there are ways that, that he's continued to show that he's improving and he's getting into, into the rhythm. And that was even with the birthday celebration around it. So he came in and had some distractions of, birthday t-shirts and all sorts of different stuff. But he came in and had his best practice of the week uh, on Saturday in front of the biggest crowd out here in Oxnard too. So uh, I think he's ready for the challenge. I'm excited to see how he keeps it rolling. Do you think that's the mentality of this? Like, is the entire team feel like, okay, this is a different year. Like we heard Micah's comments where he feels like he's best team in the NFC, but I mean, of course, what else is he going to say? But <laughs> do you think that is, is there something different about this team? How What would you say is different in terms of mentality from this year compared to last year? Well, I'll say it this way. if And, and this is a, a good compliment to Dak Prescott as well. But if if it's Dak Prescott's mindset, it's the team's mindset. And, and they nice. follow his lead. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it does feel like that. And, and you keep the coaching staff that's been around for – the successful parts of your tenure. I mean, Mike McCarthy, hate him or love him. I mean, he went from a six-win season to a 12-win season and a wild-card round to a 12-win season and a divisional round. So he has legitimately gotten better each of the three years that he's been the head coach. Dan Quinn, in the two years he's been head coach, has provided the first NFL defense to lead the league in turnovers back-to-back years since the Steel Curtain defense in the 70s. So 
the 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 parts and the cornerstones of this team that have been successful are here. What was the biggest knock against this team last year? You needed cornerback depth, you needed playmakers, you needed on offense. All three of those things have been successfully taken care of. Then what what else did you need? You needed to stop the run. First round pick, Mozzie Smith. You needed some offensive line depth. That's probably the one lack right now on this team. But I mean, outside of the the offensive line, I mean, the the depth is there. I mean, you have some team, or you have some some confidence in in the, the the cornerback side. You have some confidence in the wide receivers that you haven't had in quite some time. Uh, the running back room, you feel pretty good about with Tony Pollard leading the way as long as he's healthy and can stay healthy. So yeah, I think everybody's looking around and saying, okay, we're checking some boxes here. We're we're doing the right thing and we're putting in some good work. And so they know that it's it's not only a, a different opportunity, but it's a challenge to themselves to say, hey, we can't mess this up because if we do, uh, then all of a sudden it's back to square one. And so there is a bit of a, an edge. There's a, if anything, there's a buzz around training camp this year that's been different than years past. That's awesome to hear. And uh, last question before we get you out of here, Kyle, we really appreciate your time. I would be remiss to ask, um, you know, whether it be a player, a storyline, a topic, is there something that like us in Cowboys Nation just aren't spending enough time on? Like, hey, like you need to take a look at this guy. He's turning some things or people inside, you know, organization feel really good about this. Is there just something we're missing right now? I think it's the linebackers as a whole. I, I think uh, we, we we talk about edge rushers. We talk about the defensive line, how much depth there is there and, and how so, how exciting it is to see Micah go into year three. But these linebackers, Leighton Vander Esch was coming off of a big-time season. He had a great year last year, and a lot of people aren't talking about that. The fact that you kept him around, you signed him to a two-year deal, that's fantastic. And I think if he can, again, stay healthy like he did last year, he he stayed healthy. He knocked the rust off of that, that injured tag that he's had in the last few years. I think that's huge, and I think that's a one step in the right direction. I'm also – I'm excited to see what Damone Clark brings this year. I mean, he – you talk about effort. This is somebody he it feels like it's his rookie year just because of the the, the pent up energy that he has. I mean, he didn't get a training camp last year. Remember that. Uh, and so no training camp a year ago uh, because he was hurt. He he came in midway through the year and actually ended up starting a couple games toward the back half. And so now he's had a full offseason and he gets a training camp. I think he's going to come out and take a a huge step into year number two. Uh, and, and I'm really excited. I had him as a top 60 player on my board draft wise before the injury was, was public before it became known. And so if, if he comes out and he can play like that top 60 player and play freely and continue to show that effort, I think you've got a, a, a potential pro bowl linebacker in Debone Clark, which would be massive for this team to back up a defensive line that has the depth that they do. Wow. I mean, that's really encouraging. I mean, ask Aiden, he knows I, uh, I, I, I'm I'm not pessimistic about it. I'm just nervous about some of the depth in the unproven guys at the linebacker room. Like we know sure. there's a lot of athletic guys yep. and, and some really Dan Quinn type of guys there, but to hear that, I mean, about Damone Clark and some of these guys were really intrigued. I think if that's the final piece of this defense that we can feel really good as one of the best and most elite units in the whole NFL. I agree. And, and I would go out on a limb it's a bold prediction, but I'll I'll make the prediction right here on your show. Damone Clark will be a Pro Bowler this year. I love it. If he plays, if he plays fifteen games or more, 
he will be a pro bowler this year. And I think he's going to be that good. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Honestly, <laughs> it's what I've seen. And it's the the way that the, the guys in the locker room talk about him. It's the effort that you see on the field. I think he has a chance to really be good. And, and there's, I'm talking, I'm, I feel like I'm talking this team up a lot. And yes, I do work for the team website, but there are lapses to this team. I'm very, I'm concerned, if not very concerned about the offensive line. I'm concerned with some of the safety depth. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, Donovan Wilson, and Israel McQuamu all go down. And, and I think some of these young guys have stepped up and filled the holes nicely, but it, it's definitely been a, a rough go of it. So I think uh, I think there's great things for this team going into the year that you should be excited about, but also there there's always going to be some holes, but that's part of the NFL. you got to fill those holes the right way. Absolutely. And you know what? I don't know if you're a Seinfeld guy, but we're going to end it on a high note here. We're going to walk out on a high note. We're talking about, you know, Damone Clark possibly being a pro bowler. So I love it. Kyle Yeomans, we really appreciate your time here. DallasCowboys.com, Swiss Army Knife, the man of many hats over there in the mothership. So we appreciate your time, Kyle. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you. That was Kyle Yeomans of DallasCowboys.com. And I'll tell you what, Aiden, that was, uh, I mean, we got a lot of information. You know, when you get somebody from the mothership who's boots on the ground out there and really uh, is ear to the all the things that Dallas Cowboys, um, you're going to get some some juicy information there. So uh, what was your initial takeaway from that conversation with Kyle? Dude, I'm excited to see Jalen Tolbert this season. I mean, this is an accumulation of what we've been hearing over the last few months. Like during, there, there have been many, obviously there was many camps. And we had started to hear, oh, Jalen Tolbert looks like he's gaining receiver flexibility where he can play X, Y, Z. He can play across the field and he's looking good doing it. And just to hear Kyle, like we spent what, probably five, six, seven minutes talking just about Jalen Tolbert. Like I am thrilled to see that second year progression because I mean, there's it's fire at this point. It's not just smoke. And like, so we do, we can't get our hopes up too much. Like he's not going to be, he's, not going to be the wide receiver one on this team. He might be like, he might slot in as a wide receiver four, but to me, that's if you can add a solid, have a solid wide receiver four like Tolbert, I'm excited to see that man. Yeah. You know, it's, and that's kind of easy pivot for me because the two number, the two names that he brought up that were really intriguing to me were Jalen Tolbert and then Damone Clark for him to come out on a limb like that and say, you know, a bold take, he could be a pro bowler. Like, I feel that way. I know that I'm nervous about the linebacker room that's well documented on the show here, but it's not about Damone Clark or uh, Leighton Vander Esch. Those guys I'm pretty sure about. Um, that kind of just rejuvenated me a little bit because I see that in Damone. When I see the guy's ability, I, I, I love his build. Like, I mean, Damone Clark looks like an NFL linebacker, right? Then he's out there like... I don't know if you saw the one film of like one of the running backs got loose and Damone Clark like literally tracked him yep. down like a like a... Like, um, I don't even know. I mean, he was like a hyena. <laughs> like, it was, it was, so you see that type of speed, that explosion, a guy that they got in the fifth round that was, you know, stale because of his injury history, for that to be in the rear view and for him to have that type of, you know, champion like Kyle, who sees him every day, sees his team, kind of knows what they're talking about and kind of hears those conversations. That is, I mean, that is super exciting and super encouraging for this defense because safety, corner, D-line all feels good. If their linebackers are the real deal, this defense can compete with anybody. And to me, Damone Clark is a name that it's different than like a Jalen Tolbert or a Kevontae Turpin at receiver because we saw Damone Clark in 
the role he's going to be playing in 2023. We saw that last season. And he, to me, he looked very solid, especially for a rookie. I loved what I saw from Damone Clark last season. I think, I think that was part of the reason that I wasn't as scared as you about the linebacker. Granted, I mean, we still, we have our reservations, yeah. but we've seen, we've seen Damone Clark. We've seen what he can do. And if you can build off that year one performance to year two, like I, I'm not going to make the prediction, but I don't think it's ridiculous to, for Kyle Eumann to say he's a Pro Bowl type of player because, yeah, we saw the athleticism last year. He has it. It's in his range of outcomes. Yeah, I mean, that was encouraging. There was a lot of good information there. And so I encourage everybody, if you're not already following Kyle, what are you doing? You could go follow Kyle on Twitter. He's at all the practices. He's got all his ear to the street, some good videos, some good content. And um, it was great to have his, him on. His daily take ways that he does on twitter is to me the best there is on it's like gold. if you're just looking for like i just want to know what happened at the cowboys practice in two minutes yeah. go follow cow humans his I, camp takeaways are the best i love it because you you have like a feeling of especially when they broadcast some of these practices we're like all right i feel good about this it feels really good when kyle can confirm that notion for you right you see like the plus and the minuses you're like all right this this is all right. We're on the same page here. So it feels really yep. good. So do yourself a favor. Follow Kyle. I mean, follow Kyle. He's been, I think he's one of the first returning guests we had on the show. We try to get new content, but when somebody is the real deal, we got to bring them back, especially for our listeners here. So um, that's the Kyle humans end of week one training camp, uh, you know, interviewing. We got more people lined up. We get some more things happening here. So keep it here. Keep it locked on the first and 10 podcast all training camp. Where you go? One more thought, Aiden. Tony, yeah. how do we feel about him saying Malik Davis is locked as a running back? Too? That, are, yeah. are we? Are we? I, are we <laughs> wanting? Are you want to retract the Rico Dowdle? Listen, I, I I've been wrong, and I'll be wrong again, and I'll continue <laughs> to be wrong. And you know, if I'm gonna believe him about Damone Clark, then I gotta believe him about Malik Davis. So you know, I'll, I'll eat. I'll eat that one. I was wrong there. At least right now, right? I mean, yeah. there's no denying Malik Davis's talent. I just no. You know, Rico Dallas is my guy. I sing the praises, <laughs> fellas. But listen, a lot of camp left. But listen, I, I'm that's the thing about a lot of people. I don't know if I know you're not like this, but a lot of fans want to be right so bad that they, it's almost to the detriment of the team. I will be wrong every single prediction if that means the Cowboys will win a Super Bowl. So I'm fine Amen. with it. Yeah, you know what I mean? So let yeah. me be wrong. I'll be the black cat. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, so. <laughs> and there he he still gave Rico Dowdle room for running back three. Yeah. So maybe uh, Ronald Jones too. Dead. That's my guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's awesome. Another great episode here for the first and ten podcast. Uh brought to you by Blog and the Boys, powered by SB Nation, as always. Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. We'll catch you next week and we'll have some some padded practices to talk, and I'm sure that'll add another element and some more juice to it. So we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.